For me, I really believe that I hit the mark when I'm not worried about career or status or accomplishments or recognition, but I am living God's purpose and not my purpose, that I take whatever challenge I've overcome and I have an obligation to help other people. Welcome to The Ziggler Show, where we inspire your true performance. I'm your host, Kevin Miller, and in this show, we are back with Shalene Johnson, our guest from show 599. This time, we walk through her healthy habits and the seven spokes of The Ziggler Wheel of Life. Shalene is one of the top influencers in the health and wellness arena and beyond, and holds the Guinness Book of World Records, check this out, for starring in the most fitness videos of anyone on planet earth. That's just crazy. Uh, I mean, that's a lot of exercise and sweat in front of a camera while smiling in this show. However, what you'll find of interest is that she, the queen of fitness had to deal with a major decline in her health. You'll hear why and how she changed to deal with it. It's a lot of what led her to develop her one, three, one method approach to individualized diets. You can find that at one, three, one method Dot com, But it's not a temporary diet like we think of going on a diet. It's a diet for life, specifically engineered for you and your optimum health and wellness. But it's about more than nutrition and just physical wellness. Shalene is out to inspire people's true performance, just like us. In this show, I really appreciated Shalene divulging she's an outgoing introvert. Uh, I relate to that. And also her statement that in our pursuits and our endeavors, we seldom stop to ask ourselves how we want the initiative to make us feel. How do we want to feel as a result? That really hit me. And uh, the perspective kind of wowed me. We'll talk about it in this show. You'll hear that. It was really a fun and significant conversation that you're going to want to hear. Again, I really encourage you to check out 131method.com for Shalene's new offering. And of course, you can connect with her and all she's doing at shalenejohnson.com. That's C-H-A-L-E-N-E johnson.com. So we'll start this conversation with Shalene right after sharing some great resources with you. Okay, friends, let's hear the healthy habits and journey of Shalene Johnson. All right, Shalene, well, it was all I could do to not be asking some of the specifics in our main show of some of the things you talked about. Now I get to dig in a little bit. We're going to go through the seven spokes and the Ziggler wheel of life and ask about some of your habits. It's always interesting talking to somebody like you because number one habit is, is physical. Uh, yeah. I know you've got some, but I love from hearing the last one that some of your, well, I don't know, you didn't, you didn't say how, how long ago, maybe five, 10 years ago, but you had to come down off of some yeah. of your physical habits, but tell us what you're doing today. Yeah. And it was uh, just a little over three and a half, four years ago now that I really made those dramatic changes. Um, at the time, I was waking up every day at 4 a.m. I was exercising at, at a minimum of two hours in the morning and then usually another hour in the evening. I was trying to crush the cardio. Mm-hmm. I was also doing strength training, definitely a believer in strength training, but it was intensity and long duration my body was always sore, mm-hmm. but I liked the way it looked. So I was like, well, I guess this is, I guess this is what I have to do. In my mind, I thought if I ever skipped a workout, like I was going to gain a hundred pounds. I was so afraid 
of taking a day off or there were times when I got injured or suffered like maybe a rolled ankle and I, I wouldn't be able to exercise and I would like immediately go into a mental downward spiral worried that I was going to lose everything and then I would be exposed and people would see me as a fraud in the fitness industry. Um, once I got the knowledge that I needed, which we talked about in our, our previous show um, and, and saw what was really happening with my health on the inside, not just on the outside, not just what I was seeing in the mirror or the way my clothes are fitting, but I could actually see what was happening in terms of uh, my ability to absorb nutrients and I could see where I was deficient. And then the brain toxicity that had resulted from that, then I was like, well, if I'm a health and fitness professional and I've done this wrong, what's the answer? What am I supposed to be doing? And instead of looking to other experts, experts, quote unquote experts, fitness experts, I started just looking at, you know, what, what are the researchers saying? What are the people who are in white lab coats who don't have a fitness DVD to sell me? Um, what are they finding in their studies? And what do we know? And I quickly learned that it, I was doing more harm than good by exercising for such long periods of time and with such intensity and with such duration. Today, I still exercise every day. Um, but it's okay if I take a couple of days off, no big deal. I just got back from a appearance in Indianapolis and I took three days off just because it felt like I needed to, felt like there was more stress in the appearances. I didn't need to yeah. add stress on top of that. Um, but now my workouts are, they're much shorter. Um, they're very focused on restoration. I pay attention to what feels good and what feels right. And then I also phase my workouts, you know, so that I'm not always doing the same thing or just trying to do more, more, more. Um, there'll be a lot of times where I'll, I'll spend four weeks and just do things that are very restorative. I'll cut out the cardio and I'll do Pilates and yoga and Pio, which is just a rhythmic dynamic form of fusing both Pilates and yoga together. And um, the main thing is I want people to know is that science today tells us that just by exercising, moving, I, I shouldn't even say exercising because that scares people. Yeah. Just by getting your heart rate up and moving 30 minutes a day, you greatly diminish all disease factors. That's great. Most people feel like they're going to live forever. But what if I told you just by moving 30 minutes a day, you're going to be kinder, more patient. You'll have improved gut health. You'll diminish your chances of Alzheimer's and depression, anxiety. You'll have greater sex drive. You'll have more patience for your kids. Like this sounds like the miracle drug and it's free. And I just believe wholeheartedly that if you have the ability to move your arms and legs, it is a gift from God that could be taken away at any moment. We need to honor it. Ah, excellent. Okay. How about on the nutrition side, the diet side? What yeah. On the nutrition side, um, Again, it's just returning to a place where I, I really now understand what natural means because all food is labeled as natural and it's not. Um, in fact, the more they're you know trying to scream marketing messages at us, the more likely it is that there's something wrong about it. So I try to eat things as close to their natural state as possible. It's really learning about what happens to an animal. So if you're a meat eater, um, understanding that, you know, there are a lot of studies. This was really confusing to me at first. I'm like, so are we supposed to be vegan or are we supposed to be meat eaters? And I would look at the research regarding cancer and um, insulin resistance and diabetes 
and on and on and on in high cholesterol. And see, many of those studies link to consumption of animal protein. Um, but then what most people fail to understand is that there's updated research and not all animal protein is created the same. You know, there's a, a method by which we even slaughter animals that increases the amount of stress and hormones that they produce. And then we're consuming that. And it's incredibly inflammatory. And I think from an ethical standpoint, you know, that's kind of another um, another venue that we probably don't need to go into. But for me personally, I think it's really important that we minimize the amount of animal protein that we eat and that we're really aware of how consciously or conscientiously animals are cared for and treated. And it's, you know, it's tough because marketers are always trying to change this. Like, so now things are labeled grass fed because that's a buzzword. Uh, but there's people trying to work their way around that term too and feeding animals grass pellets mm -hmm. um, or finishing them on grass mm -hmm. um, or, or feeding them for a very short period of time grass and then finishing them on, you know, very inflammatory grains and then calling that animal grass fed. So you've got to be careful to make sure that it's a, um, for me personally, this is just right for me. It doesn't necessarily mean it's right for everyone, but I try to eat. If I'm going to eat animal protein, I really limit it. And I try to eat animal protein that is only from sources that I'm, I know and that they are grass finished, not just grass fed and that they're humanely treated and cared for, you know, even, even, um, to take a look at what, what things are closest to their natural state. I, I didn't, I was, I too was so caught up in how things are marketed to us like vegetable oil. Well, that sounds super healthy. But when have you ever had an oily vegetable? <laughs> you know, like there's so much processing that has to go into um, to to take corn and turn that into an oil. Mm -hmm. And it's highly inflammatory, which is why we have, you know, su such a heightened number of omega-6s in our diet. And we need to balance that. And all of these things, by the way, if you're like, what is she talking about? That was me not too long ago. And I, I just had to say, you know what, rather than being at the mercy of marketers and other people trying to sell me something, I'm smart enough to figure this out and make some informed decisions for myself. But to, if I was just going to give you like one sentence to encapsulate, I would say, try to eat as close to things in their natural state as possible. Yes. Okay. I, yeah. I, it was not that long ago that somebody told me, if not years, but it doesn't seem that long ago that I should be careful about bread. I'm thinking, are you serious? Come on. That is biblical. Don't tell me not to eat bread. Uh, and you know, later on I learned some new information on, on what you're talking about with animals though. I've got to make a call at one of my favorite books. It's one of my kids' favorite books. It's a, it's probably two decades old now diet for a new America by John hmm. Robbins. Uh, John Robbins, he was the son of the guy who founded Baskin Robbins. Oh, wow. He is one of the foremost guys, but everything you talked about from the, you know, how the ethical treatment, how they're slaughtered can alter what you're eating and how it's bad wow. economically and yada, yada. He hits whole things. So if you really want to get in and enlighten yourself or wreck your current diet, either way. Uh, <laughs> all That's right. awesome. Thank you. All right. The next one is family. And when I got the information from you originally, and you talked about some of your early listening or exposure to Zig Ziglar, yeah. you mentioned that connected with him because of how he referred to his wife and the respect he had for his family. I thought, what a great nugget yes. out from him. So on that, I'll ask you about the things you do for health in your family relationships. I do have to give a shout out 
to Zig because it was really listening to some of his, like I had messages he had created and I would drive around in my, my Jeep Cherokee and listen to him on cassette tapes. And, and I just remember how, you know, he was on the stage being invited probably to speak to these large audiences. And I was listening to audio recordings of it and in every single, I can't think of any that I heard him not reference his wife. And I always thought that was so meaningful. And that was the measure by which I used to determine whether I wanted to follow somebody in personal development. So from that point on, if there was someone I thought had really great advice, right or wrong, I always wanted to know what's really going on in their personal life. Because yeah. I, I just believe if you can't serve your family first – I don't know that it really makes sense that I trust you to serve me a complete stranger. Like, uh, so I, I always look to any leader and I want to see how are they leading in the most important place? And that's home. That's really important to me. So are there, you got a husband, you got two kiddos, yes. right? Yes. Um, yeah. are they still in the home? Um, uh, one is one's, uh, off to college next year. And my son is at UC Davis, but when they were young and we, even at the height of my, um, work addiction, uh -huh. we had personal policies for our family that my husband and I were on the same page that at 3 PM when our kids came home from work, <laughs> from school, work was done. There was nobody in the house. There were, I didn't take any meetings after 3 PM. When I negotiated my first consumer fitness video contract, you know, I sat at the table with all these executives and, you know, they slide a contract across the table. And I just said, I have to be upfront and honest and tell you my kids are first priority. I, I won't do weekend appearances. If they have a school function at all, they are a priority. So I won't miss that. Um, I, I can't do appearances. I can't be available if my kids have something else going on because that, that's my number one job. This is my belief. And and my husband and I shared that we had code words we would use because we run the business together. And as you can probably relate to, Kevin, when you're passionate about something and, and even if it's work, like it's hard not to get excited and keep talking about that and ignore your kids. And so one of us would get really excited and start talking about whatever, and the, uh, we would use code words. So I would call my husband handsome. I would say, well, that's very interesting, handsome. And he knew that meant like, okay, we'll talk about this later. Or like, you know, it's too much. Let's chill. The kids are here. Or I, he would say smalls. He's like, all right, smalls. That's interesting. You know, and that, that was our code words for like, okay, zip it for now. Let's talk about this after the kids go to bed. We just, it, you guess what? It's hard. We didn't have the same growth. We didn't have the same recognition or – we had the same opportunities. We just declined them because we had a priority statement that placed our children first. And that meant we our businesses grew slower and meant that we didn't have the ability to um, – we had the ability to. We just decided it wasn't, wasn't the right decision for us. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, I want to tell everybody, you guys work together, you and your husband, partners in the yeah. business and run it together. So that is, uh, that's beautiful. I love it. <clears throat> Number three, mental. Mental. So what are the things, the daily habits that you're employing to keep your mental edge, though I know, you know, you, you talked about one of your focal points is what will give you peace. Maybe that fits into the career spoke. I don't know. You, you tell me, but yeah. what, do you do, what do you do mentally to keep yourself where you want to be? Great question. Two things that kind of um, overlap. One is 
growth. Like I've I've listened to podcasts like this one every single morning. The very first thing that I do is I make sure my phone is on airplane mode. Actually, the night before I go to bed at night, I select a podcast that I want to wake up and listen to or an audio book. And I wake up and I don't look at social media. I don't look at emails, anything of that sort. I put my phone on airplane mode and I, I let my brain grow. And I realize there's so much more I have to learn. And it's so exciting. It's the best way for me to start my day. Mm-hmm. And it's that neuroplasticity, like understanding that the brain gets bigger and better and, and how that impacts all the people around you. And it's exciting. And it makes me excited to wake up in the morning. Um, the next thing I do for uh, that mental side is knowing that I am an outgoing introvert, which means I love people. I'm happy to be the center of attention. But in order to recharge and be my best, I need time alone. I need to be away and I need to Mm -hmm. think. I need to process. I need to daydream. I need to meditate. I need to pray. And I need to do that by myself if I'm going to be better when I'm with other people. And I have to express that to others so that I don't just try to force myself to be around people all day long, every day. I express to them how my husband knows that this is this is how I can be the best wife for him. And, and he helps me to honor that. Okay. I, the last show I told you that if I get a takeaway from a specific guest, that's, that's a big win for me. And the last one in the main show, folks, if you haven't heard it, go listen to it. And it was you talking about how we often don't think about how we want to feel that mm-hmm. you were speaking right to me. I'm going to take that and uh, ponder that. Be working on that. The second one is I have never heard somebody use that. Maybe I'm just uh, in the, in the woods here, an outgoing introvert because not only do did we grow up flipping cars, but that is me. I'm <laughs> really? Outgoing, oh my gosh! And and yeah. I really haven't come to grips with that until the past probably five or six years because people say, "Oh, you're so good with people, and you talk, and you present, and you speak, and you yada yada." And yet, I crave solitude, like the idea of feeling lonely. I don't understand. I, I don't mean, either. Uh, okay, like well, it's I, delicious <laughs> to be alone, right? Well, and with I, with nine kids. I have to imagine that's hard to get. Yeah. Because yeah. even I, my kids, I love I love my kids. But even with them, in order for me to show up my best for them, I, I, it doesn't take a lot of time, but I do need to refill this battery. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, I have to have specific exercises to do that. We live in a national forest, and that's where I go disappear uh-huh. and, and do that. And, and even where I work. I have an office, but uh, I make sure I'm in the place where I'm the least disturbed. So, okay. I love it. Outgoing introvert. Thank you for that. All right. For sure. Four is, is financial. And I know you've had great success uh, in your business. So it may be things that you employ today for financial health or the things that you did that helped you in the past that helped you get to financial health today. Yes. Um, I'm a firm believer that you should do your best to have your money make you money as opposed to working hard to make more money. Um, We are firm believers in tithing. I think that comes back to you tenfold. And we are also first to work as a team to look at the money that we have. And instead of buying things or spending, I mean, don't get me wrong, we do that too. Hello, hashtag Amazon. But (laughs) Amen. And we also really try to go like, okay, if we have two options, we can work a lot harder, which doesn't give us peace, or we can take the money that we have. And as my husband says, scared money don't don't make money. I don't think that's his quote. I think it's a rapper, but he likes to repeat it. Scared money don't make money. And we just really pay attention to how we can best invest it Mm -hmm. and also how we can use our money 
to delegate and empower other people Mm -hmm. so that we can actually live our life. Because, you know, having this grand life isn't about like acquiring all these things and getting into a place, which is where I was once, where you're in what I like to call a golden prison. Like you, you, you've got all these things, but you can't rest. You can't enjoy life. And the only way you're going to be able to enjoy life is if you learn to let other people do the things that are probably going to be better at it than you anyways. So I love delegating. Mm. Okay. Yeah. And I'm with you on Amazon today. I'll have to tell you today, I love cooking and I got irritated the other day at the lack of utensils because my kids had used stuff. I bought some new paring knives and a couple kitchen shears. I'm so excited to go home and, and cook with these new tools. It's like Christmas every day. That every... little UPS man walks up. I'm like, hello. God bless the UPS. What did I order last night just before I fell asleep? Yes. UPS is Santa Claus. All right. There's yeah. free advertising for UPS. And thanks to these sponsors for bringing us today's show. All right. Spiritual spoke is number five. And I know you've attested to your uh, pursuit of, of yeah. that. Uh, so tell us what, what you do there on a habitual basis. So I take these seven areas and I try to rate them from time to time, you know, if not once a month, at least once a quarter where I'm like, okay, where do I feel like I've missed the mark? Like if I was grading myself on my potential, where have I missed the mark? And the two areas where I tend to kind of flip-flop back and forth, grading myself low, one is spirituality and the other one is with my friends and family. And that is because those areas are so important to me. Hmm. And I think the areas that are most important to us are the ones where we always feel like we can improve. Um, so my spiritual practice, you know, I, I'm a Christian and my faith is very strong. I'm trying to let go of this deeply held belief that if I'm not going to church, I'm not being a good Christian. Mm-hmm. And um, I love my church, but there's a few that I like to visit. And I'm really addicted to a few Christian-based podcasts and so because I listen to those almost, you know, at least three times a week, I will sometimes go, well, do I need to go to church? I mean, I feel like I already have. And why, why do I feel like I need to go to, like, if I'm tithing and helping the church, do I need to go? So I struggle with that. And, and even today, like the beginning of this month, I started a new plan for myself and I scored myself low in spirituality. And I went on Amazon and bought a couple of great books that I think will help get me back on track. But that's what I struggle with today is like, am I a good Christian if I'm not going to church? And why do I hold that belief? You know, and I don't hold other people to that standard. Do you remember the name of those books? I'm curious. Uh, uh, the most recent book that I've ordered? Um, uh, shoot. Uh, the Message, mm-hmm. which is a great book. Mm-hmm. Um, and then another one, I can't remember the name of it. Um, okay. I put you on the spot written just, for women. I was just curious. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, and I, back to the, uh, I can go to my shopping cart if you'd like, No, that's okay. <laughs> but, you know, back to the taking time for yourself. That's interesting because yeah, I grew up in the Bible belt and if you're not going to church, you're probably going straight to hell. And I still struggle with it today. And yet there's a lot of Sundays that come up and I realize, you know, the thing that I need most is Sabbath. And that's not getting everybody ready and going to church and going oh. and talking and chit chatting. I need to go out yeah. in the woods. And so I go, for a mountain bike ride down to the lake or something like that. So, but I, yeah. 
I feel you on that one. Yes. Uh, six here spoke is career. And you have had obviously much success in your career, but I imagine that, well, no, you did. You mentioned this in the, in the other show about peace and in looking at filtering some of the opportunities that you have, which I'm sure are a bevy of them every single day at filtering those through what are going to give you peace. And so a question I often ask, and maybe that's your answer to it, you tell me, is what are the things that you're doing and have done to keep your career? career on the path that is best for you, that is yes. healthy for you. Thank you for asking this. For me, I really believe that I hit the mark when I'm not worried about career or status or accomplishments or recognition, but I am living God's purpose and not my purpose, that I take whatever challenge I've overcome and I have an obligation to help other people. Are you familiar with the... Um, traffic app called Waze. I, I know of it. I have used it uh, once. I, I, I'm not real familiar. Go ahead. It's probably my favorite map app. This isn't an ad for Waze, W-A-Z-E. Yeah. But I was thinking about the other day. I'm like, you know, I'm kind of like, I'm kind of like Waze. When you're on this app, it'll other drivers tell you what to look for in the journey ahead, like they'll be like, there's warning, there's a car on the side of the road or warning, there's traffic stopped up ahead. And I'm like, that's so nice. Like they're, they're making this journey easier for me. And I feel like I have an obligation to do that for other people. There's just some people who are just like me. They're just a little further behind in traffic. And, and I have an obligation to whatever road I'm on to say like, hey, be careful of the pothole on the right. You're going to have a much smoother ride if you can go this way or, or, or drive that way. And so I, when people say, what are you going to do next? I would say, I don't know. It depends on what obstacle mm -hmm. I have to overcome. And whatever that is, I will serve others with it. That is a great analogy. Um, all right. Last one here is personal. And this spoke a lot of times people, are, it's all personal. I, I granted, but this is, we're kind of looking for the things that you do just for you. It's fun, play, hobby, the thing yep. that makes Shalene the most joyful Shalene. Yes. Um, I love that. I call this category, my pure joy. And they are things that are pure joy. But the caveat is it has to make my life better or other people's life better, right? So, you know, it might be pure joy for someone to, um, I hate to say this, but like it, engage in some type of addictive behavior, mm -hmm. like they get joy from that, but it's not, it's not making you better. It's not making the world a better place. So I try to do things that are pure joy. Mine include painting. I love to paint. I love to laugh. So I, perp and like, this is really important to me. So I plan trips with my funniest girlfriends. So they will just make me laugh and like no, no phones, showers are optional. We'll go snowboarding in Park City mm -hmm. and move into a big house and just laugh and connect and uplift. And that's pure joy. Pure joy for me is doing things. This is really important. So if, if you don't know what that is for you, think back on when you were like 12. Mm. And what did you do that you felt cool and you felt amazing i loved riding motorcycles i loved dancing and i love roller skating you can bring all those things back as an adult and you should because it, it all those feelings all rush back and and so i i love doing like tapping into things i did as a kid before there was a mortgage before there were deadlines and and again it's painting 
it's dancing, it's riding motorcycles or riding bikes, and it's roller skating. It's just doing fun, youthful things where it's like you're, you're immediately transported back to a time when you didn't have obligations or stress. What kind of painting? Any. Um, so I, I like to work with acrylics. So mm. I like to paint big murals. Um, I invite my little nieces and nephews over and we live on the beach. So we'll go and collect rocks and then we <laughs> paint masterpieces on these rocks. Oh. And it's just, oh my gosh, it's crazy what that can do for your brain. Like I know a lot of people struggle with the idea of meditation or even prayer, but what happens in your brain when you do things like that, it's just mm. getting out of your own head and stress is the equivalent of meditating. You'll receive the same benefits. So look for something that transports you. Okay. I, well, and I got to say, when I, when uh, Kristen, your assistant there, was helping get us set up before you came in, her the camera was tilted up. Somewhere up there on your top shelf, I can't see it now, there's a, a board that says, uh, it starts with silly, right? Doesn't yes. it? What's yes. it say? Yeah. Be silly, be honest, and be kind. Okay. Right. Three very important characteristics for me, like honesty, kindness. I just, I don't think we, I don't think that it's, it's inexcusable not to be kind to people. Okay. Well, and when you're with, you're talking about wanting to laugh, I, yeah. I thought it's great. It, that's what made me think of the uh, poster you have back there or the plaque, because I could see you coming off as very driven, maybe very serious to people, you know, who, who don't, maybe you don't know you personally, but to yeah. see that says a lot. And again, oh I, I got to say it speaks to me as you have much during this time, because having, having just pure fun play silliness is difficult for me because I'm uh, that addictiveness to production, what oh. am I producing? And so thank you for speaking that to, to me again. I'll take that home to my family tonight and say, okay, social guys. media is my outlet for fun. So like if people follow me on Snapchat, I'm Shalene official. And in high school, my senior year, I was voted class clown really? and I take that title pretty seriously. So I really like, you're going to get a completely, uh, I'm going to every day, I'm going to try to make you laugh. And that's a goal because it is like funny people. Ugh, they just bring so much joy. Like if someone can make me laugh, we're friends. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. My wife says that's one of the few, re that's one of the main few reasons, main reasons <laughs> that she loves me is that I make her laugh. So thank you for that. Oh, that's yeah, awesome. I'm grateful. Shalene, thank you so much for giving us a bit of the behind the scenes, real look at what you do and what you struggle with. Uh, it's a gift and just inspiring. And as we talked about in the last show, I feel empowered. Thank you for being with us today. Well, having spent so many mornings listening to the program, it's like I've come full circle and the honor was truly mine. So thank you. I'm honored. Thanks, Shalene. Well, there you go, friends. I really appreciate her statement of, you know, you're hitting the mark when you're living out God's purpose. Again, I strongly encourage you go to 131method.com. Take a look at the program Shalene has just launched. Uh, having a plan for your wellness is just paramount for your overall success. 131method.com. If you got value from the show, will you let Shalene know? Leave a review in iTunes or Stitcher. Speak directly to the show and what Shalene shared that mattered to you. And I thank you for doing that. Coming up next in show 602, we hear from Zig Ziglar. And the question is gigantic. He asks, what makes a person successful? And his message actually came live from the stage and he asked the audience and listed out their responses right there on the stage on a whiteboard. From it, 
of course, he makes a dramatic point. You're going to listen to the show to find out what it is. But from the message, I posted on Facebook this question. Where did you learn about character, morality, ethics, the greatest values in life that school doesn't teach? And if you have a story about a time when you were not well-schooled in these areas and had challenges as a result, please share. The amount of responses put this show in the top five, or at least as far as the amount of uh, responses to a question that we've ever had. Obviously, we hit a nerve. So Tom Ziegler and I talked through a lot of these. We really made an effort to not talk as much as we normally do and share them because they were just really incredible stories. So hope you'll join us. Till then, thank you so much for letting me walk with you as we inspire our true performance together. Together.